At a time when we're constantly being asked to retrain and reinvent ourselves to adapt to new technologies and changing industries, we're going to show you how to uncover and develop talents you didn't even realize you had on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, back in studio with you and pleased that you are listening to us wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. We're thrilled that you're making us a part of your day and we are also thrilled that more and more of you are making Live Happy Magazine a part of your day. The latest issue is available on newsstands now. It's also available in a digital edition. You can find it in the Google Play Store and also the Apple App Store that's a mouthful, really, when you say it all together, but it's right there, and it's available for your reading pleasure. Our guest on this episode of the broadcast, Barbara Oakley, is our guest, and she is a professor of engineering at Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan, and her work focuses on the relationship between neuroscience and social behavior. She's got a new book that's coming out called Mind Shift, Breakthrough Obstacles to Learning and Discover Your Hidden Potential. It's available now, and it reveals how we can overcome stereotypes and preconceived ideas about what is possible for us to learn and become. Well, Barbara, first of all, very glad that you could join us. Uh, you've been it, literally all over the world, uh, been to the South Pole, which is like a bucket list thing for people, met your husband there. You're an engineer. What brought you into this area of mind shifting and, and, uh, and psychology? Well, I think it's, it, it turns out that... Uh, I teach the largest course in the world. Um, it's it's called Learning How to Learn, and my husband and I did it in our basement, and we did it with Terence Sanowski, who's the Francis Kirk Professor at the Salk Institute, and it just totally took off. And we've had nearly two million students, and at that wow. time, I began to realize, I mean, just corresponding with many of these people and, and reaching out and, and learning of what was happening. And there is so much demand and desire to be able to shift and learn new things, because that's really what's going on in today uh, in the economy. And, and people just love it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's that's a big part of what motivated writing the book Mind Shift. Sure. And mind, mind Shift, as it turns out, it's happening all over the world. And so I was able to travel around the world and meet a lot of these people and uh, and and talk with them about what they were doing to do to learn things that were far beyond what they had ever thought they could do. There are so many things in this book that I want to hit on, uh, but this one, this first one I want to talk to you about it is something that I've struggled with in my life because a lot of times, you know, I've, I'm a broadcaster by trade. When I started doing it, I was 17 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I acted as if. 
right? I acted like I knew what I was doing until I did know what I was doing. But there's a lot of people who have what is called imposter syndrome. And, that, and you kind of feel like you're different from everybody else in your group. You feel like, I'm, I really shouldn't be here. This is, you know, I'm, I'm not nearly as qualified as these people. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for real. I shouldn't be here. A lot of psychologists say that's a bad thing. But you say that can actually be a good thing. Why? It, well, I always say embrace your inner imposter. It actually gives you a lot of advantages. And the advantages are this. When you are trying something new and you feel like kind of a fake and you're not really right, you're actually listening and watching and learning much more openly and carefully than someone who goes in confident that they, they know it all and they can really do very, very well. Mm. And, it, and it makes a tremendous difference. I can't tell you, I, I mean, I'm a professor of engineering, and so I've had so many older students over the years who come in and they say, oh, man, I'm not sure I can make it, that I can actually change myself at this late age in their 40s or even 50s. And those are the ones who actually do the best in the course because they're the ones that they're open, they're watching, and they're not overconfident. It makes a tremendous difference. So so even if you actually are the worst one in a class or a group of people, if you have the right attitude that you're actually learning and, and working to change yourself for the better, it that that's the most important thing to have. And and you're speaking from experience because like you said you're a professor of engineering Oakland University. Uh a lot of a lot of people would think that you're one of these people that that can instantly you know, you're a math nerd, you're a numbers person. That's not you. That wasn't you. Uh, how oh, did no. how did you own that ch- I mean, how did you make that change and then and then own it to the point where you're a professor of engineering? Oh, well, it's it's a funny story because if you would have known me back in high school, I was the worst math student in the world. I mean, I just couldn't do math or science or any of that kind of stuff. I was, you know, I was one of these kind of language kind of people who just likes to read and nothing to do with math. It was just that, so I thought, well, if there's one thing I'd like to do, it's learn another language, right? Because I grew up in this resolutely monolingual household, and you can guess what language we spoke. <laughs> so I, I really wanted to learn another language, so I enlisted in the Army right out of high school because that way I could learn another language and actually get paid for it. So I sort of randomly selected Russian to learn, and it was a great language to learn. I mean, I, I didn't have Russian heritage. I just was interested in it. Mm-hmm. And then I I was 26 about to get out of the army and I just I found out something really bizarre that I had never thought of before and that is Nobody wants to hire someone whose sole professional expertise is the ability to speak Russian. I mean, there's just not much call for that. So that's what caused me to kind of rethink and and retool. And and the people I worked with in the military, they were doing really well with a technical background, technical training. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, could I do that too? I mean – is it they're just naturally smarter, or does the training make you smarter? And I am here to attest to the fact that it's the training that makes you <laughs> smarter. I was not smart, you know, to to go into it with. 
but actually learning in certain ways can can improve your ability to um, to learn other things, and it, it in essence makes you smarter. So uh, trust me, if I can do it. Really, anybody could do it. <laughs> we'll hear more from Barbara in a minute, but I want to tell you about the Leadership Academy. The Leadership Academy empowers teens to become positive leaders who live a more fulfilling, purposeful, and resilient life. And it's a one-week overnight Leadership Academy held at Assumption College in Worcester, Massachusetts, and it's open to all 13 to 17-year-olds anywhere. Throughout the week, students are going to complete team challenges, engage with inspiring professionals, work through leadership simulations, construct their own set of core values, and buy with like-minded peers from around the world. The innovative and transformative Leadership Academy is founded and directed by award-winning educator, athletic coach, and leadership education pioneer, Avran Gunduz, and they'll utilize a high-energy research-based team-building curriculum. It's a positively life-changing experience, teaching students the art of positive leadership and equipping them with the tools and confidence to empower others. So go to www.enjoylifeeducation.com to register a team for the Leadership Academy or Google Enjoy life education to learn more. The Leadership Academy takes place July 10th through the 14th. <laughs> but I, I think that can be, you know, intimidating for a lot of people because, uh, it, it, for instance, for me, I knew very young age broadcasting. That's what I want to do. And that's all I really focused on, maybe to the detriment of other things that I could be doing. You know, maybe I could be a really good accountant, even though I really hated that class when I was in high school. <laughs> do, do, do you, uh, does everybody really sort of have that capacity or is it, you know, is this something that's kind of limited to people who – uh, I don't know, really were born with that natural ability and curiosity. Well, the, it's it's very obvious that some people have a natural knack that allow, can allow them to pick up some concepts and subject matter more quickly than others. But if you don't have that knack, it, that mm-hmm. means you may have a little bit of a different wiring. And what it does mean is when you do pick it up, even if it's a little slower than the other person, you can actually think more creatively in some ways about what you're Mm. learning because you're using a different set of neural circuits to pick those ideas up and to to get them into your brain. And that's what can allow you to think with more of a beginner's mind, more openness and creativity about what you're learning. Interesting. So you're not coming in with the sort of the strictures of this is how it's done. This is how we do it. And it's how it's been done for decades. But you can kind of come in and say, oh, well, what if we tried this? Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, That's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, one of the greatest historians of science, Thomas Kuhn, found that great innovations in science are made either by really young people who haven't yet been indoctrinated into the regular way of doing things or by much older people who were originally trained in a completely different discipline. It's that that change into something that's brand new, that's what gives you that freshness. It's it's really cool. So I find it very encouraging, I think, uh, particularly in today's world where everything's changing so quickly and we often need to learn new things. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even even uh, broadcasting media has changed so completely from when uh, I was in college 10 years ago. You know, I mean, and, and that was supposed to be this is the latest thing. You're going to have uh, this thing and it's called Twitter and, and maybe you'll use it. But uh, mostly it's just to receive text messages from celebrities. And now, you know, people are getting their news there all the time. It's it's insane how fast things are changing. It's a really good uh, idea to, to always want to be learning and being on the forefront. Yes, indeed. Well, it's funny for me because we made this course learning how to learn in our basement, my hubby and I, and mm-hmm. I learned how to video edit. I learned video production. I actually am incredibly shy, and I learned how to get in front of a camera and fake it, right? Sure. And I did all this when I was nearly 60 years old. You know, I, sh- I should be the kind of person who, you know, I can't do all that kind of stuff, but... I'd never even really touched a camera before except to push a button to maybe take a picture. And yet it was very possible to learn all these new things because whenever I got stuck, I would just go ask a local high school student for help. (laughs) Oh, those darn kids. They pick it up so much. Even I'm, you know, I'm 30 and there's still things where it's like, I'm going to ask my sister who is 15 how she does this. Like, they pick things up so fast. Yeah, or, or it's 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 amazing how quickly they can pick things up. But but like you said, we can learn from from them as well. I mean, these are things we didn't have. This is stuff that they've grown up with, and they probably can be incredible teachers as well if you're willing to listen and understand that their experience with those things is better. That's right. I think one of the biggest things we can do to help us in our lifelong learning and and our our career paths, which inevitably involve change, is to realize that sometimes our worst uh, sort of features are actually our best features. Hmm. So like if we feel unsure and we feel like we're sort of an imposter, that's actually a really good feature. Uh, if, If we think that that we're we have a poor memory for example that actually is a really good feature believe it or not uh it (laughs) it allows you to see things with in simpler ways which allows you to explain things to others in simpler ways so it, it it may take you longer to actually grasp something but when you do grasp it you can often see it in an elegant way that the, the really, you know, massively intelligent, high-working memory person cannot see. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about because I want to play this a specific part of this podcast for my wife because my memory is one of those where I can remember, you know, things that are not going to affect my life in any way. Like, you know, I know that uh, the coach at Nebraska in 1955 was Bill Glassford, and he went to school at Pittsburgh. <laughs> but if you ask me right now where my car keys were, I don't know where I left them. Uh, in what way? I mean, <laughs> those kind of things can can really be a problem. But you're saying that having sometimes a poor memory, if I'm really committed to learning something, it it can help to have that because I've got to figure out a way to remember it. That's right. And you use well. What happens is you you can only hold like we think on average, around four things in your working memory. And some people can, they can hold that stuff in their working memory and they can just do somersaults with it. They're the ones that shoot their hand up in the air and they're really fast to answer questions. But other people, like me, 
um, you know, they're holding sh- something in their mind, and then, woo, shiny. <laughs> yeah. That something goes by and distracts them. And, man, that, whatever you were holding in mind just fell out. But when something falls out, something else comes in. And it research has shown that people with a poor working memory often are more creative. They, you know, something else, something falls out, something else comes in, and that's where those new creative ideas come in. And so, yes, you do have to work harder to to keep up with the steel trap memory types, but you would not want to trade the creativity that it gives you. There, there, in so many ways, and, and this is going to tie into the title of the book to shift your mind. But it's uh, w- what we've discussed here. It's taking a look at something that is maybe a weakness or a, or a perceived weakness, and looking at what the strengths are, so uh, that can come from it. So you've really kind of got to do as part of this mind shift. You've got to do sort of a personal inventory and, and admit to yourself things that maybe you struggle with, but but find ways to make those work for you. That's right. That's right. Even things like, let's say that you're a bit of a contrarian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what that can do is when others say you can't do something, well, that kind of serves as a spur for you to keep going rather than as, oh, gosh, you know, I, maybe I can't do it then. Sure. And it, it can it can serve as a nice benefit for you. Now, I will I will say that if you are a contrarian, it is good to solicit negative advice sometimes just so that you can change when you need to change. I mean, some sure. of those people who are on American Idol and kind of booed off <laughs> really were terrible. Yeah. And, and part of it was, you know, all their friends and everybody would always say, wow, you're just terrific. And they actually believed it. And so you, you don't want to be one of those kinds of people. Sure. Uh, but as long as you're flexible and you can and you're working always to get better at what you want to succeed at there you'll you'll definitely go further along that path there is so much uh, that goes on in this book that so many people can can figure out for themselves as they read figure out about themselves the book again is called mind shift breakthrough obstacles to learning and discover your hidden potential and uh, it is available you can find it uh, I'm sure wherever fine books are sold uh, is this uh, gonna be uh, it's coming out today April the 18th uh, is is this available in your local bookstore Amazon where can folks find it Everywhere. It, it, it is everywhere. And so uh, Amazon's got it, of course, and it's one of the, the lead titles in Penguin Random House's lineup this spring. So, Fantastic. so it, it's definitely right there for you. And we are going to have a free excerpt of the book on our website, livehappynow.com. But if folks want to know more about uh, what you're up to, kind of what your thoughts are, uh, you've got a website as well, barbaraoakley.com. And, and uh I was on there earlier today. There's all kinds of great stuff uh, on there as well. That's right. I, I send a weekly email out to over a million people, and it's uh, all my my past emails are there, chock full of insight about learning. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's what we're all about here. It's all about education and continuing education. So we're really glad that uh, we could get you on the on the program and uh, talk more about it. And uh, we'll we'll probably be reaching out again as we look to, to shift a little bit more uh, in future episodes of the show. That sounds great. Uh, it'll be a pleasure to sp- speak with you again, Jr. And in the meantime, it was a pleasure being on the show. If you would like a free excerpt from the book Mind Shift, you can visit livehappynow.com. So we wrap up another edition of the Live Happy Podcast, Live Happy Now Podcast. I should probably know the name of my own podcast by now. That's that's not good. We encourage you to reach out with anything you would like to tell us. If there's something you took away from this episode or something you'd like to hear us talk about in a future episode, we want to know from you. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. For everyone at Live Happy Magazine, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy.